behind-the-scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio, and a very good morning. Happy to have you with us here over 104.5 WQKT and AM 960 WKVX. Our guest in studio today talking about handling difficult conversations from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County, Rory Levandusky. Rory, as always, I bid you a good morning. Yes, good morning, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, as I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about how to handle difficult conversations on the farm, specifically, of course. Uh, you know, in a previous program, we talked about holding farm business meetings as a method to promote trust and improve communication within the farm business. How does the topic, I guess, of, of difficult conversations relate to, to farm business meetings? Sure. Well, certainly anytime uh, you make a commitment to consistently communicate or improve communications, as with uh, something like farm business meetings, there's going to be the possibility that there will be difficult, uh, awkward, or maybe undesirable topics that have to be discussed in order to move the business forward. So additionally, then we think about uh, there are going to be difficult conversations that need to take place outside of farm business meetings. Those kind of day-to-day interactions among farm family members and between non-family farm employees. Rory, when, when somebody hears the phrase difficult conversations, I'm sure it creates a very specific picture in their minds or at least brings up a list of topics that they'd consider difficult. For our discussion today, how are you defining difficult conversations? And again, you know, talk about the importance of, of having that difficult conversation because I think most people you know, try to avoid those if at all cost. Yeah, good point, Ron. Uh, on this program, uh, I specifically want to discuss uh, difficult conversations as communicating with persons who might be under stress, uh, communicating when there are disagreements, misunderstandings, and communicating then when there are personal conflicts. Uh, the purpose, again, in all these uh, conversations is to solve a problem, resolve a conflict, and or create a healthier and more productive relationship or work environment. Rory, we've talked about the stress on the farm, and, and you listed communicating with a person under stress as, as one of your difficult conversation situations. What makes that such a difficult conversation? And, and you know, I guess piggyback on that, you know, why are why is stress for folks out there who aren't on the farm, mm-hmm. uh, because those who are already know, but right. but why is stress so prevalent when you're talking about the farm? Yeah, um, I mean, right now, stress is so prevalent just because of the the pressures that our farmers are under uh, financially. Uh, farm incomes are, are down, debt levels are increasing, uh, profit margins are tight to non-existent. So uh, just the thought of trying to keep the farm going and, and surviving uh, causes a lot of that kind of chronic long-term stress. And and that's really the issue here when, when we think about communicating because of these physiological changes that stress can cause. So chronic stress, uh, that's, you know, stress over a prolonged period, has negative impacts on emotional, mental, and physical health. Often people under stress experienced hindered thinking ability, uh, especially with regards to problem solving. So that, that causes issues right there. People under stress can experience bouts of anger, guilt, feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, and all of these things obviously combine to make conversations with that person more difficult. Rory, you'll hear it said, uh, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. So how should conversations with people who are under uh, you know, a certain amount of stress or conversations during financial stress especially be dealt with on a farm? 
Yeah, another good point, Ron. Yeah, that that approach, uh, the way you approach these conversations, uh, you know, and uh, with a caring attitude and, and willing to listen is so important. Uh, according to a North Carolina Extension publication entitled Family Communication During Times of Stress, it's important to recognize that there really are four stages in this process of coping with stress, and good communication helps family members or even farm employees kind of move through these stages. Uh, first of all, hel it's helpful that you recognize where they're at and then help them move through these stages. So those stages are, uh, number one is shock. It's kind of characterized by disbelief and, and denial that things maybe could be this bad or that this is happening. Number two is, is a recoil reaction. Oftentimes that's characterized by kind of pushback. It's uh, anger, confusion, uh, blaming someone else, feelings of guilt. Uh, then the next stage is depression, characterized by, again, those feelings of helplessness, hopelessness. And then the fourth is where we want to kind of get people to and with our conversations. It's reorganization. That's characterized by acceptance of the situation and recovery and starting to move forward in some fashion. Rory, anytime you're talking about a difficult conversation, um, people worry um, or stress about when's the best time to talk to right. somebody about this. So uh, when you're dealing with, with these kind of conversations, how do you get them started? One, and then at the, you know, the end of it, if you're going to start this conversation that's going to be difficult, you want to make sure it's productive. How do you go about doing that? Right. And again, so uh, it goes back to what you had mentioned earlier, you know, that attitude. I think you need to approach these again with an attitude of concern and care. So one approach to start these conversations is to let the person know that, you've observed these symptoms of stress and that you care about them and that you are willing to listen. Uh, these conversations are most productive when there's acceptance and respect for what that person is feeling, uh, when there's some time each day uh, to talk and listen. So that, that daily process of you know, letting off that steam or letting those emotions uh, come out. So time each day to listen and talk about the feelings and frustrations so they're not bottled up. And then at times, if these conversations get heated, uh, there, there needs to be a period of time to cool off uh, so that, again, your emotions can calm down and, and we can uh, get back to those conversations again and, again, try to keep them productive and, again, moving through those stages that we discussed. Rory, you mentioned earlier other difficult conversations outside of maybe financial stress involve misunderstandings, disagreements, personal conflicts, because you've got, depending on the size of the farm, a small group of people working, a large group of people working, and they can be kind of diverse. How do you resolve those situations? And, you know, how do those conversations maybe differ from when you're talking about financial stress? Yeah, so these, uh, you know, just come up in that kind of that everyday business. And, and these things, uh, as you mentioned, they're likely to occur. They're, du they're due to differences in personalities, uh, the way we hear things and the way we react to things, our perspectives that we take away from uh, hearing the same thing can be different. So one important piece really is to acknowledge and, and face these situations, acknowledge that there is a misunderstanding, that there is a disagreement, or we do have a conflict here with personality. Avoiding a misunderstanding or, or putting off facing a disagreement or a personal conflict usually results in a buildup of tension, and at some point uh, that issue is going to explode, and that's what we're trying to avoid here. Often by that time, emotions are running high. Conversations are even more difficult, if not impossible, because we can't calm down and have a reasoned conversation. So keys to resolving those situations where there's misunderstanding, uh, disagreements, and personal conflict involved. First of all, recognize and name the problem early on. 
set a specific time and a place to discuss that problem. During the course of the conversation, seek to discover the cause of the problem. Come up with a list of possible solutions, uh, try to select the best solution, and then discuss some steps to, to, that you're going to take to put that solution into action, including maybe some follow-up or check-in conversations. The keys you listed, Rory, give the impression that it's an easy process, but obviously that's not the case. You know, these are labeled difficult conversations for a reason. Talk about some of the other factors or maybe some other things that can help a person, you know, facilitate through a conversation like this. Sure. Ron, you're definitely correct. Uh, it's obviously much easier to list, uh, you know, how to go about and have a plan for a conversation than to actually carry it out. And it can go sideways from your plan, obviously. Uh, according to a Farm Journal Legacy Project article, a good way to start these types of conversations is to ask questions such as, what's going on? What's bothering you? Why aren't we communicating better? How did you understand you know, such and such a conversation or, or situation? You're really trying to get that other person's perspective. So after asking a question, you then have that responsibility to listen. The conversation needs to be one that puts both parties on equal footing where power differences between, you know, a boss, employee, or parent-child, whatever it might be, uh, those power differences are put aside or at least not used as a club in the conversation. So lay down some ground rules for the conversation. That can include, you know, honesty, uh, no threat of negative repercussions uh, for being open about this, uh, no interrupting. Uh, each person is going to have time to have their say and express their opinion. And maybe even things like, uh, you know, no shouting, no cussing, no foul language. So another good question then, uh, as you maybe talk about things are, well, what do we need to do to make things better? Uh, you know, and, and why is this type of thing needed? Rory, as we near the end of our conversation today, are there any other, I guess, general principles that you think can be helpful in facilitating what we've deemed a difficult conversation? Sure. I think uh, the big thing is be willing to listen to the other person's point of view. Practice active listening. And when we talk about active listening, that involves repeating back what you think you're hearing and what you think the other person is saying. Ask for clarification if you don't understand or uh, if you've misinterpreted something. Now, especially when the conversations become emotional or you have personal conflicts, Try to separate the behavior from the person. Avoid judging that person. Again, these things are often easier to say than do, but, you know, things to work on. Don't attack a person's character or make light of the way they're feeling about things or label them with a generalization. So avoid name-calling. And sometimes, and again, this is not easy, but when it's appropriate, say you're sorry. Offer an apology and forgive the person. Rory. As we wrap things up today, if anybody has any questions about today's topic, let them know where they can contact you. Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office. Our phone number is 330-264-8722. I'd be glad to share with them some of the information I've used in today's program. And again, uh, these broadcasts are available as a podcast, again, courtesy of WQKT Radio. All right. Rory Levandusky, again, our guest in studio today, talking about how to handle difficult conversations on the farm. We've got much more to get to, so hope you'll stay tuned. We'll step aside for a quick break, come back, and take a look at your five-day weather forecast up next.